You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brad Nackens on From the Cheap Seats. Two guys who knew more about sports than all those guys who used to work at ESPN. Welcome to From the Cheap Seats, everybody. I'm Chris DeLambert. As always, Brandon Atkins and Professor Trent Nichols hanging out. And a lot of football to cover, a lot of ground in general. But before we get there, Trent, yeah. I need you to tell the world about the gift that was bestowed upon you Saturday night. Well, you know, it was, uh, it was a surprise. I heard I had a gift and... Uh, you know, when two grown men tell you to close your eyes and put your arms out, I was a little nervous what I might get a bear hug from something. But, uh, you know, all of a sudden they, they slide over my arms and I open it. and A bear hug. Is that what the kids are calling it these days? A bear hug. I can tell you I wouldn't have trusted you all with that. I would have kept at least one eye cracked. You probably would have been well served because if he did that nine other times, it probably would have ended badly. Yeah. I mean, you're in a, in a dark room, dark dining room in a strange place you've never been. And they tell you to close your eyes and put your arms out. And I tell never... you what, it was, a little, it was a little dark. The mood was right for <laughs> something was. else. It was. I should have put a little background music on. Little... Barry White. I was going to say Barry White. <laughs> so... On my arms as I open them, Carolina blue. A Carolina blue tux jacket. Yep. So for the folks out there, Brandon and I went to a, a formal wear. I don't even, you couldn't even call it a Ex- sale. Extravaganza. Like a giveaway. They were like, here, $7, here, $5, a buck here. But we went to this. Hey, don't this, be telling our prices out I know, there. Right? I want yeah. people to think we like. Oh no, there was some stuff that we we got a little pride. There's some there's some really dope smokers jackets that you haven't seen yet, Trent. But we were out there, and as we rolled up, I'm not gonna lie, Brandon was like, "Why am I here, dude? I don't have what what do I need tux jackets for?" And I was like, "What do you not need tux jackets for?" But as we're out there, I'm going crazy like a kid in a candy store, and I'm I'm finding stuff. And Brandon gets into a conversation with this guy that is is having this sale. And there's literally like 75,000 pieces of clothing there. And the guy tells him, well, over around the corner, there's the jackets that Dean Smith got for the 2009 championship team banquet. Well, Eyes lit up. I'll tell you how it actually started. He goes, you know, did you go to school in Chapel Hill? I said, yes. He goes, man, that's a shame. We used to have these 2009 tuxedos for the championship team that Roy got and man that's a shame they're gone and I was like daggone I said Dean didn't I yeah Yeah, you said Dean but it's all good we knew what you meant um and then he disappears and then comes back and goes follow me and Chris is like on his 12th smoker's jacket. His, his He's not rack, exaggerating. His rack is full. He had his own personal rack with uh, assistants following him around I did. with, with I did. the water. I was waiting on him to break out some champagne, and he, <laughs> it was it was amazing. Um, anyway, he, he had actually quite a few left. So I went and put one on and explained the story to Chris, and Chris was like beelined it over there, and we're like, we got to get one for Trent. <laughs> And Kaplan. And your brother. And my brother. He doesn't even know yet. He's about to get one. Oh, man. 
Well, and I didn't, I wasn't a hundred percent sure I believed the story until I got over to the section where those coats were. And there were like some 52 XXLs <laughs> and there were some huge sizes, but yep. we have what we believe are jackets worn by the UNC basketball team. I'm pretty sure in Trent's closet right now is hanging Ty Lawson's tux. Ooh. I'm digging that. I can believe that. I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm going to believe that I have Tyler Hansbrough's. Okay. I, the size is immaterial. I'm just going to believe that. See, I, looking at it, and because it's a 41 regular, and I'm about, I'm six foot tall, unfortunately, I don't think I have Ty Lawson's. I think I have J.B. Tanner's. <laughs> Fair there enough. There you go. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Word up. Would you appreciate it more if it were Ty Lawson's? No. Oh, well, there you go. I'm proud of it. Heck, I can't wait to see Kaplan in that thing. He's going to look sharp. He's usually so cool. I don't know if he's. You know gonna what? He's going to. He's going to put it on, and he's going. You know what? This looks a lot like the one I got at home already. <laughs> <laughs> so I Sunday was at morning that banquet. <laughs> Sunday morning, my wife gets up. I get up, getting ready to uh, head off to work, and I'm like, "Babe, I've got to show you what these guys gave me." She's like, "What?" So I run over to the coat closet because I didn't put it in my closet because she was sleeping. Yeah. I put it on and I walk out. Mind you, I'm in my boxers mm. and this jacket. And she takes one look and she's like, don't you dare wear that thing out with me. <laughs> nice. I no thought respect. you were going to tell me she gave you a big old bear hug. <clears throat> yeah, should have. What you should have done was like, all right, babe, close your eyes and put your arms yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> put on a little Barry White. So – Football man, I will be rocking that to one of the Carolina games, though. I'm sure that you for, will for shizzle. I'm sure that you will. I, we need to all be in the same place at the same time, rocking those jackets, and uh, it'll be cool. And I'm gonna tell you what. Just speaking of this past weekend, if I never have to see a sloppy Joe again in my life, <laughs> it'll be too soon because it's the first time I ever had to make them for a church event. Everything in my house smells like sloppy Joe. <laughs> Well, he won't be watching any Bengals games, I guess. Shut up. Oh, hi yo. Oh man, who they fire this week? <laughs> well, we'll get to this when we get the- to our friends and family segment because last year, one of the, or last week, one of the featured picks was the Texans and Bengals. And for anybody that has forgotten, those pickers that went with Houston got it correct. And Cincinnati, it was so bad they became the first team in seventy nine years to start the season with two games at home and not score a touchdown. Mm. And it's unbelievable to see how badly that offense is operating. But then we get into this next week, and we're two weeks into the season right now. And I'm going to tell you, fellas, I just think we're, we're transitioning into a new era in the NFL. Quarterback play and offenses as a whole – just seem to be well behind the defenses. And if you think back with the way the rules have been have been manipulated over the last few years, you know, the passing game came wide open and it wasn't, you know, it was nothing out of the ordinary to see a guy walk out of any particular game completing 70, 75% of their passes. And the thing that I want you guys to think about is how challenging it has become to convert on third and four. You know, third and four against a good ball club three or four years ago seemed to be automatic. 
And now the defenses really seem to have caught up. And I don't know how much of it is the defense is getting better and and becoming accustomed to playing with the rules where you can't touch receivers and you can't do this. But the other piece of it is, and I want you to think about this a little bit, the NCAA, the pipeline of quarterbacks into the league hasn't dried up, but it's become a real trickle. And if you look across the spectrum at the best quarterbacks in football, now that Andrew Luck is removed from the equation, maybe to never return again, the guys that are at the top of their game are long in the tooth. Where are the young quarterbacks that are coming up that are taking their place? Well, the college game is so different. I'm going to speak to the obvious, so bear with me. Yeah. The college game is so different. I was listening to uh, ex-ECU coach Steve Logan talk about this last week. One of the best. He said, I'm not in the business of coaching up Bill Belichick's next quarterback or whoever the coach is. He is, my business is to win college football games. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly why you're seeing these, you know, and it's a reaction league. NFL always corrects the the mistakes from the previous year. Uh, year. It's a copycat league. But there's two things going on. One, the first thing I can't figure out, because usually the defense is way behind. You see these bad games but they put up points, blowouts, and whatever the case may be. This year, I was telling Chris on the phone last night, the games have just been really odd. It's like things have been turned upside down. I know the Patriots kind of corrected some stuff, but it's against the Saints. Mm-hmm. Not a very good football team. But the big answer, I think, is you know, you have a system, a college system. If you have the horses, you're going to do whatever it takes to win those games, and that's not conducive to getting that QB ready for the next level and how they play. Well, I think it's it's bigger than just we're not going to get quarterbacks ready for the next level. If you look at the top-tier programs in the country, they are all beginning to have the same thing in common, and that's that they run dual-threat quarterbacks. Those dual-threat quarterbacks, as they have come into the NFL, have not become transformational guys at the next level. I mean, it started with Michael Vick. We talked a couple weeks ago about how great Michael Vick was in college. Michael Vick never lit the NFL on fire. He couldn't stay healthy. Cam Newton has probably been the best of the bunch, but Cam Newton's not one of the best three or four or five quarterbacks in the NFL. Now you look at this next group, Marcus Mariota. Mariota is a middle-of-the-road quarterback at best. Those dual-threat quarterbacks, it hasn't translated because those guys can't stay healthy and they're just not quite as accurate as the guys that have come before them. You know, in the past, you took your biggest, tallest, strongest-armed athlete and that was your quarterback and there was no question about it. Well, in this day and age... That's not the case. Should we should we blame Nick Saban then? I, you don't, don't blame Nick Saban. Blame what's the what's the but last he's not big popping t- out quarterback? Yeah, what's the last big time quarterback that's ever come out of Alabama? But they're and I know we're about to have this debate later, but they're clearly the best program in college football and have been for the what the last five or six years, uh, without a doubt. So they're not churning out quarterbacks. I don't think they ever have under Saban. But yes, he's focused on winning college football. Well, I right. don't know that I don't know you can take Alabama as the model 
and this is no knock against Saban or anybody that's come through that program, but their athletes across the board are just so much bigger mm-hmm. and so much better than everybody else that Saban looks at it and is like, all I need is a guy that's not going to turn the ball over. And you've got Greg McElroy, A.J. McCarron, those guys coming through. Now, even Saban looks and is able to get a guy like Jalen Hurts in there, and if Jalen Hurts turns the corner, that Alabama team, one of the next two or three years, may legitimately have a shot to be the best college football team ever. Because you're talking about the prospect of taking one of those Alabama teams with all those horses on defense, a huge running game because they just cycle them through, and then you put a real legit quarterback on those teams. I mean, that's been the only thing that's missing. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts, every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit jimmyv.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, and Trent Nichols talking a little football this morning. And I, I don't that wasn't scripted, this conversation we're having about the dual-threat quarterbacks and the NCAA moving to the NFL. I want to continue that conversation, but I, I have to get these picks in. Last week, we, we stood up a new segment. We had some professionals and some amateurs make their picks. Uh, Trent is keeping score. Nobody did well enough last week that it's worth talking about. I thought D did pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah. Oh, they, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's – yeah, Denise Galloway, our favorite dancer, she did pretty well. Yeah. That's all right. She went two for three. Um, she missed the Packers pick. But we've got this fired up. I want to get this knocked out because there's some bits of this that will feed the conversation as we go forward. Um, so without any further ado, run that tape. Now be as thick as a milkshake, or thin as a cornflake. I love you to death, but I ain't pressed with a heartbreak. And anyway, who cares about what other people talk about? I'd rather hear it from the horse's mouth. See, I believe... On the phone with me, host of Legacy Maker Sports Podcast in Richmond, Virginia, Darrell Owen Sr. Darrell, top of the morning. How you doing today, Chris? 
Good. Good as always. Well, uh, you know, you picked three very interesting games. Uh, and uh, the first game that I'm – what I was obviously very intrigued about, you had the Carolina Panthers uh, taking on the New Orleans Saints. Now, New Orleans Saints right now 0-2. Uh, Carolina Panthers coming out strong 2-0. Uh, the one thing I will say about this game is I'm I'm very worried about where this New Orleans Saints team is going to end up. You know, right now they they cannot do anything on the defensive side of the ball. They haven't really been able to find their running game, and that makes me nervous uh, for the New Orleans Saints. I, I personally think this could be the last year that we see Sean Payton um, in New Orleans, that we see a Drew Brees in New Orleans. I think this could be the year – uh, unless something turns around, that we see a brand new team, uh, a brand new group in New Orleans next year. And unfortunately, I don't think it's going to change this week. I think Carolina's riding the high right now. The two and zero, very, uh, very tough game against Buffalo, a defensive battle. But nevertheless, they got the win, and I see Carolina winning that one. Uh, and then the other games, uh, you got Mississippi State uh, taking on Georgia. I only have one thing to say about that. This is the battle of the Bulldogs, uh, but I think the team from Georgia, the Bulldogs from Georgia, will get the W. I think we'll see a heavy dose of Nick Chubb. Uh, I think Nick Chubb is, in my opinion, one of the guys you got to watch out for in the Heisman. I think he will uh, get stronger as the season goes along. So watch out for Nick Chubb. So I got Georgia on that one. In the other game, uh, uh, Oklahoma State taking on TCU, another battle of 3-0 and teams. But I am Super impressed right now by this Oklahoma State team. They look fantastic, and Mason Rudolph has been phenomenal. Got a quarterback rating of 210. 210. It's just it's absolutely crazy. 11 touchdowns right now, only one interception, and he looks super confident. And I'm very confident in him, so I got Oklahoma State in that. Uh, and then, of course, you know the one thing that a lot of people don't know, and I'm going to keep it on the football stance here, you know, the Dallas Cowboys um, – have uh, have had really good seasons, and then they reverted back to some old ways. Uh, since 1997, every year that the Dallas Cowboys have had a 10-win season, the very next year they could go on to lose anywhere from two to eight games more and not make the playoffs. So if you're a Dallas fan, be careful. Uh, be worried just a little bit. It's happened quite a few times since 1997. Did you listen to last week's show? I did. So you know that we did a new segment. Well, guess what? You're making picks this week. Oh, no! <laughs> You're making picks. Like, am I making my pick right now? Unless you want me to call you back. No, tell me. All right. Georgia-Mississippi State. Mississippi State. Because Fitzgerald is a real good quarterback. All right. Very good. That's a student analysis. And I, yeah. So I'm going with, I'm going with him, and, him and Dan Mullen. All right, very good. Uh, TCU, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. I don't know that anybody can beat Oklahoma State. All right, and the last of the games is the Saints and Panthers next week. The Saints and the Panthers. I'm going to go with the Panthers because I just, I just don't like the Saints. So I'm going with the Panthers. Beautiful. Well that done. From my, that, that's that's that's. From the heart, the others are sure, because I've I, I watched them all play. All right, Mom, thanks for playing. Hey, you're welcome. Call me anytime. I love you. Bye. I love you, too. Bye-bye.
On the phone with me this morning, Sean Stinson, the editor-in-chief of the Pendleton Times in Franklin, West Virginia. How are you, my friend, Sean? How are you guys doing? I hope everything is going well down in North Kakalaki. Um, like I said, I'm hoping it's a little bit better this week. Um, Chris, you weren't exactly clear on the rules that because you wanted me to pick winners, not losers. So I think there was just a little miscommunication in this. So I think I might do a little bit better this week. Well, it, it's a it's a brand new segment, and I'm glad now that you have the expectations clear. Yes, we are looking for winners, not winners that can't score enough points to win. Games. Uh, well, I, I thought you were just you know I was like, hey, University of Louisville and uh, you know the Cincinnati Bengals, they won't score any touchdowns, so I'm going to pick them. I thought uh, we were trying to go under. When they're under, I'm totally confused. Well, uh, you're you're clear this time that we nothing but winners here. Winners, gotcha. Uh, we'll go with the Carolina Panthers over the New Orleans Saints. We'll go with the Georgia Bulldogs over the Mississippi State Bulldogs in the Battle of Dogs, and we will go with Oklahoma State over TCU. Um, and you probably didn't know this, but we'll throw a little knowledge away. Uh, in the series between Georgia and Mississippi State, Georgia has a 17-6 leading the all-time series. But this is the first time ever that Georgia is facing a ranked Mississippi State team. All right, a big welcome back to our very favorite dancer in the world, Denise Galloway. <laughs> Denise, Thank I've got to be... I've got to be honest with you. Um, you kind of slapped our expert panel around a little bit last week, and uh, <laughs> your picks are looking pretty good. So, um, well, really... it's, just, it's just my instinct about their costumes mainly. Uh, so <laughs> is that the same strategy you're employing this week? Um, I think, you know what? If it works, you just keep on doing it, right? Why why fix what's not broken or something? Um, okay, so I don't know what TCU means. That's Texas Christian University. Ooh, the Christians. And then Oklahoma, are they Christians too? They're probably Christians because that's kind of Bible Belt, but that's Oklahoma State. They're the Cowboys. Okay. Oh, oh, okay, 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 okay. Um, Do you know what color their costumes are? They they are orange and black and white. Who? And and you should know, this is only, this is an important piece. Texas Christian is the horned frogs. (gasps) Okay, 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 that sounds great. Okay, yes, and also, I knew somebody from Oklahoma once, and she was crazy. So I'm definitely going to go with the Christians from Texas. Um, and uh, Horned Frogs, that's fun. Um, and then Mississippi and Georgia. Um, and Georgia, where's, where's red? I knew someone from Georgia, too, so I know that. And then, um, but I don't know what color Mississippi's clothes are. It's maroon and white. And this is Mississippi State. Not to be confused with the University of Mississippi. What color does University of Mississippi wear? They were red, white, and blue. Well, are they playing? No. Okay, fine. Um, then I'll just take Mississippi State. Um, yeah, but if it was going to be Mississippi, the other one was red, white, and blue, then they were probably going to win. Because Make America Great, that's what we did last week. And then I, we have... I, um, I, hand- I don't, I don't want to make your head hurt, but I do need to share with you that... The mascot for both Mississippi State and Georgia is the Bulldog. Uh, are, they the, are they the same colored Bulldog? 
Yeah, what kind of. Two bulldogs. They're going to be a bunch of baby bulldogs now. That's entirely possible. I still, I don't think anybody considered that before. <laughs> they better make sure they not put those mascots in the same like holding pen, and there could be like baby mascot, baby bulldogs. So you got to be careful about that. Okay, and last we have the Saints and the Panthers, and I know what color the Panthers wear because I used to live in Charlotte. But I don't know what color. Wait, are the Saints gold? Yes. Okay, well, I'm definitely going to take the Saints as well because um, I took the Christians last time. I don't know about Mississippi, whether they're not Christian or not, but, you know, we'll go with that. But also, I know about the Saints because I went to a Catholic school, and that brings me to my random fact, which is a sports fact. Because you told me last time I had to have a sports one, and I didn't. I had a cheese one. But do you know who the patron saint of sports is? Because there is one. I don't. It's St. Sebastian. And you know what's pretty awesome about St. Sebastian? He um is he was a martyr because I think all the saints were I'm not really sure but he was and you know how he died he was tied to a tree and shot with a bunch of arrows so ironically he's also the saint of archery which I think he must not have been that good at because he got <laughs> shot with a bunch of arrows. Can I get a thumbs up on the uh, intro outro on that segment? Please? Oh yeah, somebody right. who knew what they were doing did that. What? I got something for you. It's gonna melt your face in a oh. little while. That doesn't sound very good. So I'm impressed. I, this started last week. We talked about perhaps being pros versus Joes, maybe battle of sexes, but we're gonna call it friends and family. See you on the other side. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Todos. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brad Nickens on From the Cheap Seats. Two guys who knew more about sports than all those guys who used to work at ESPN. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, Trent Nichols all hanging out. You're listening to us on any number, any one of a number of places. Uh, it could be WDCC 90.5 in the Sand Hills. 
could be WBLZ Sports literally anywhere on the planet. Or the iTunes podcast app, Google Play, any anywhere. I don't know. Anywhere, anytime. I feel like that. Anywhere, anytime, anytime anywhere. Isn't yeah. that an old Janet Jackson joint? I think so. Anyway, we were talking before friends and family. And I do want to give a shout out to my mom, Karen DeLambert, because <laughs> she's no joke. Did you hear her say? Just, she's been paying attention. She said nobody may beat Oklahoma State. Yeah. And I'm down. My favorite so, was like Carolina because I just don't like the Saints. And she doesn't. And I'm going to tell you, that is a Mississippi thing because Mississippi obviously doesn't have a professional franchise in that state. So you're split and you've got Falcons fans and Saints fans and a ton of of Green Bay fans, hmm. Brett Favre. Yeah. Um, hmm. I mean, on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, in the southern part of the state, when Favre was playing, Green Bay got all of the local programming down there. It was that wow. big a deal. So your mom doesn't have a Who Dat t-shirt? Oh, my mother has plenty of Who Day t-shirts. She's a Bengals fan, brother, through and through. Biggest Bengal fan you'll ever want to meet. Um, her week, I promise you, was much more ruined than my week last week when the Bengals lost. Um, but the Saints fans, no offense to any Saints fans in Mississippi, Mississippi f- people that support the New Orleans Saints are just a little bit more obnoxious than the rest of the world. And it goes back to, you know, the Super Bowl. Hmm. They're not a whole lot of fun to be around all the time. I can see that. Anyway, they pretend that New Orleans hasn't been horrible for almost all of its existence. But there's also the tie there because you have Ole Miss with Archie Manning and they for, also forget how bad Archie Manning was as a pro quarterback. But I digress. He just spits out Hall of Famers. Yeah. yeah. You know well, what I mean? Uh, well, we'll have that's, – that's a conversation Except for another for the, day as to whether Eli is, oh, he's a, is Hall a Hall of Famer. Well, I'm, I mean, you think it's a slam dunk. I, I tend not to think Except so. Except for what happened to – isn't it the oldest brother? Cooper had an injury that don't, – Don't you think he after Cooper – Archie kind of thought maybe I should, you know, go ahead and have that surgery, <laughs> get that taken care of. <laughs> wow, no, I don't think that was the thought process. Dang, I don't know. Let's get him on the phone. I'm just and see kidding. How he feels about that. No, I mean, God, can you? How much more do you have to do to, to you know, have been the lottery winner? Yeah, I mean, Peyton and Eli. That's some that's some spawn. I love my children, but I don't think any two of them are going to play quarterback in the NFL and win Super Bowl. So, back to what we were talking about. Well, I guess before we do that, we have to make our picks, don't we? Yes, we do. All right. Well, I'm going with Carolina, even though that offense scares me a little bit. I don't think they've figured out quite what to do with all the toys they've amassed. And But, but I, the Saints' defense is a train wreck, and I agree with Darrell. Darrell Owens said during his picks, this may be it for New Orleans. This may be it. They're They're – having a harder and harder time, I think, justifying paying Drew Brees what they're paying him. The Sean Payton train, it's over. I, th- I really think so. And, and Brandon, you and I talked about this relative to the Bengals. I think that without sustained top-shelf success at the level that maybe, you know, the Chuck Knoll Steelers, Tom Landry Cowboys, Bill Belichick Patriots, if you can't get to the top of the mountain and stay at the top of the mountain – 
there's a shelf life on how effective you can be as a head coach and a motivator. You know, you look at Sean Payton, all right, guys, we're going to do it again and underachieve the way we have with the exception of one year where we magically won a Super Bowl. It's like Marvin Lewis, it's even a whole nother level. After Bounty Gate, they just went straight downhill. I don't know. I mean, they kind of had their one moment in the sun. They built that team around Drew Brees. They got really lucky with the Marcus Colston pick. They did some things. The Jimmy Graham experiment worked out. But from a personnel standpoint, they have never been able to put good talent on that defense. And it's just been bad for a very, very long time. And I don't see any way that it's going to get better anytime soon. And at some point, if you've been – Brandon, I told you this the other day, and I stand by this. One of the best things about the United States Army, I spent 20 years in the Army. One of the best things about it from a leadership standpoint is that for better or worse, every few years, you're going to work for somebody different. Right. There's only so many hoorah speeches you can hear and only so much sunshine you can have blowing up your derriere before those stories and that those it just runs out. Well, and if you remember, I echoed that sentiment by bringing up the example of Meg Whitman, um, the CEO of eBay. Yeah, eBay was off the charts hot when she left, and it was because she had been there for ten years. And her theory, I think she went on to Hewlett Packard, if I'm not mistaken, or some big company like that. But she, um, she her point was that. You can't do much more good or bad after 10 years. Like the company and the CEO need fresh, you know, ideas and fresh starts. Mm-hmm. I actually, you know, you talking about Marvin Lewis, he should probably go ahead and make that decision himself. I would go to ownership and say, listen, it's been good. Maybe it's time for a change. Well, and frankly, I think that most people that follow the Cincinnati Bengals closely thought that that would have happened by now. That Marvin, the natural progression up until last year seemed to have been that Marvin could seamlessly step away from being the head coach, move up into the front office. Right. I think what's driving Marvin right now is ego, and he feels like if he steps away, he's going to feel like there's something he didn't accomplish. Well, that's pretty selfish, and it's very unself-aware. He's losing control of that team. They've underperformed in the playoffs. There have been circumstances that have contributed to that, but the bottom line is in 15 years as the head coach of Cincinnati Bengals, he's 0-7 in the playoffs. At some point, enough is enough. And it's obvious when you watch a team come out and play as flat as they have to start this season, he doesn't have the pulse of that team. It's time for anybody new to come in there. Well, and if you're going to make a change to Dalton by the end of the year, if you're looking that way, you know, it's like with any other situation. Sometimes it's good to go ahead and clean the slate. And I I say Marvin goes away with Dalton. You can't win a Super Bowl with Dalton. Let's just go ahead and, you know, put that out there. You're not going to win one with him. Well, Uh, I'm not sure that I'm – He's feasted on – for years, just tossing it up to A.J. Green and him going and getting it and having a pretty cool running game. He's feasted on that, but he's not going to take you to the promised land. I don't think that Andy Dalton can put a team on his back and win a Super Bowl. Marvin Lewis and his staff built this team to play great defense and run the ball and have enough of a threat to stretch the field and take a lid off of defense. They've wanted Andy Dalton 
to manage the game. But you're right. When it comes down to it at every level of football, if teams are closely matched, the difference between those two teams is generally going to be the quarterback. And if you set Andy Dalton's skill set in a vacuum up against any of the top 10 or 12 quarterbacks in the NFL, they can simply do things he cannot do. He doesn't have a big enough arm to scare the crap out of defensive coordinators. He's accurate, but not that accurate. Athletic, but not that athletic. And I think you're right, which begs the question, who's out there on the street that is athletic enough and who does have a big enough arm that could come in and make a difference. Blah. Mm. Blah. That's my I'm I'm getting sick. I'm not suggesting that Colin Kaepernick is the answer, but there are plenty of folks. Man, ESPN is doing this whole thing on Colin Kaepernick now because they're blaming the bad offense, what we were talking about earlier. They're blaming it all on poor quarterback play. It, a lot of it is. Let me let me let me let me take you back on a little journey through time, all right? I said that the NCAA is not putting enough top-shelf quarterbacks into the NFL. Let's go back and walk this dog. Because if you you had to pick, who are your top three quarterbacks in the NFL right now, Trent? Uh, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and uh, probably Matt Ryan. Boom. Matt Ryan came out in what year? 2008. Sure. Yeah. Out of you might College. be able to put Stafford in that. Not in terms of accomplishment, in terms of talent. Matt Stafford came out in 09. Mm-hmm. Ben Roethlisberger is on the cusp of that list. And Roethlisberger's been out there for a million years. He came into the league back in 04, yeah. 13 years ago. Who Who's next on the list? Throw a name um, out there. Drew Brees? You start to get to Drew Brees, Eli Manning. Then you hit, what, Phillip Rivers? All of whom were drafted Way 10 before. years ago plus. I mean, I'm not going to give up. I'm, like, but nobody I, should. On, like, well, let me just put Goff and Wentz were both put in really bad situations last year. That's what happens when you're the first pick in so, the draft. But what you guys were talking about before, the defenses come out of college and they can get tougher and become pro defenses. These quarterbacks aren't in pro systems in college, so maybe we have to give them a pass for two or three years and yeah. let them develop into it, or okay. let the teams get smart enough to evolve an offense to compete against these defenses. Okay, I mean, Let's... look at look at Dak yesterday. He went against the best defense in the league, and they shut down Zeke Elliott, and that was it. He, he Zeke, I, I wish Zach I had not ready, win a game. I wish I had ready queued up, and I apologize. I'm making a formal apology to Chris Carter because you brought up analyst, and you were talking about it. And I said, you know, Chris Carter, he does all the hollering. I'm, I'm not impressed. He gave some of the best analysis I've ever heard with his bit about Dak Prescott. Mm -hmm. Dak Prescott is not going to be a superstar in Mm -hmm. the NFL, period. He just is not going to be. Which is funny. And that showed last night. Zeke Elliott and that running game is is not on track. Dak Prescott's not going to beat you with his arm. And in the pregame before the 1 o'clock games, ESPN did like an hour on how lucky Dallas was 
to get Dak, that they were actually trying to move up for a different quarterback, and all these things happened. They wanted Paxton Lynch. Paxton Lynch. <laughs> and, you know, Jerry Jones was like, you know, I can't take credit for getting that lucky. Hey, Zeke Elliott, where's your spoon at, brother? I didn't see you eating nothing yesterday or last weekend. It, look, these guys work in a vacuum, and I thought the same thing as I watched the Pittsburgh game. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seas. This is Krista Lambert. WDCC listeners, this is the last 15 minutes you get to spend with us. You can head on over to iTunes or the Google Play Store, check out From the Cheap Seats, and you can listen to the second hour. And if you're not aware, our ADD, I don't know which of us three is the more ADHD. I, I don't know. But I know that it's taken us two and a half segments now, and we still haven't gotten our picks in. <laughs> But the second hour of the show is a little bit more wide open. If there's any profanity in any of the segments, it finds its way into the second hour uh, so that we don't get in trouble with the FCC on, on WDCC. Thanks, Bill Freeman, for uh, running the show. We love you to death. And sorry that we don't get the tape over to you until the last second because, <laughs> you know, we got things going on. I want to finish up. Before I go back and make my picks and finish my picks, I want to talk about Zeke Elliott. Running backs in the NFL there for years weren't taken in the first round. And it became commonplace for, you know, no backs to be taken in the first half of the draft because the shelf life on these guys is so, so finite. You know, there's not very many Adrian Petersons around that are going to do it for five, six, seven, eight years. And Zeke Elliott, there's all this stuff going on. At any given time, that guy can lose a step, he can get hurt, and it's all over. And I'm watching Le'Veon Bell, who sat out camp with the whole holdout. That's not the same Le'Veon Bell that we've seen for the last couple of years. Uh -oh. It's just not. So whether or not he can work himself back into shape and become that guy is is questionable. But then the other piece of it is, is that the running game has so many components. I want you to think about, Brandon, how many running backs in the last 20 years 
have been stars with one particular team or in one particular system and then moved into a different system or a different team and been as good. Yeah, we've had this conversation, yeah. same conversation before, and we really only came up with Marshawn Lynch. And maybe? Marshawn Lynch, it's reverse because Marshawn Lynch with the he Bills was just all right. Yeah, I mean, he had underachieved. Think, That's why they ran him out of Buffalo. I think it was a little more because I actually went to one of his games in Buffalo. He was truly a beast. I think it was more about the team than anything else. Well, it, maybe that's my point. Is that there's so much in terms of chemistry that goes into a running game. When you get it right, you better enjoy it while it lasts. And you subtract one component from that Dallas offensive line, and that running game's different. And when that running game's not Zeke putting up 1,600 yards a year, now you see Dak Prescott for what he is. He's a mid-round quarterback who's a good athlete, not a great athlete. I I just don't see – it's about system, and that's what Carter's whole piece was like. Yep. Part of it was about it's all about the system. He even Chris Carter himself said he wouldn't be one of the best slot receivers of all time had it not been for the Minnesota Vikings system. And it's the same thing, kind of, sort of. The college system does not translate into producing NFL product. Just look at that. That uh, I'm sure y'all can name some. But look at that span of time where the Big Ten had all these Heisman leaders who were running backs, and they come to the NFL and they're mud. Mm-hmm. It's because, oh, I'm sorry, there's athletes on the other side, and I don't have the best offensive line every game that I play in. You're absolutely spot on. And I don't know – I mean, things will will write themselves, and we'll get back to it. But the easiest thing to put your finger on is the lack of – top-shelf quarterback talent coming out in the draft. Now, before I opine about that anymore, I'm going to finish my picks. I'm going to take those Mississippi State Bulldogs over Georgia, and I'm taking Oklahoma State, and I'll give 35. Hmm. Um, So I'm on the record. What do you got, B? I like like the Panthers, although I don't know if you guys saw this, this, but Olsen broke his foot. Not good. That's yeah. one of the things that's really going to hurt. He, more than any other quarterback in the league, Cam uses Olsen for proactive offense, but also that valve. Yeah, he's the security blanket for sure. And mm-hmm. with him gone, I'll be really interested to see how they do that because they're talking about him being out for a long time, for weeks. Well, they've been trying to find a way to use Christian McCaffrey, and you think he can do everything, so line uh, him up at tight end. Just don't run him up the middle in a bo- stacked box like you tried to last time. You can get him killed like that. Well, he's not Like big. I said, they're going to they're gonna figure out how to use those toys, and they're going to figure out how to find space for McCaffrey. And, and I'll keep it quick, but the Saints, just seem to be making dumb decisions back to the running back. Where, do, How many running backs have gone on to another system? Why do you bring Adrian Peterson into that system? I, that it's was a bad fit, and it, it smacks of desperation on both sides. That New Orleans trying to find an answer and Adrian Peterson willing to sign with anybody, that's going to melt down. Adrian Peterson is an icon, yeah. and how many of those kids on that New Orleans team grew up and Adrian Peterson was one of those guys on their wall. You can't have this guy destroying your your locker room. They need to cut ties now. Right. And I really thought if Adrian Peterson had anything in the tank and they were willing to commit to him, 
that this could be something special and it could be a last ride for him. It's not. They need to get him out of town now. now. It, he is going to destroy that locker room. I don't think that was Sean Payton's pick, right? Adrian Peterson? Who knows what really happened Maybe. In, you know, in the inner workings, but it's not working and Sean Payton's not going to have his arm twisted. Well, that's and, my point is that maybe this is the beginning of the the you know the whole program undermining Sean Payton and saying, "Hey, listen, we're going to start to make decisions of our own." I wouldn't be surprised if they don't if they get bad enough, you'll see Adrian Peterson out there a lot more because what you're doing is not working right now. No. I'm going to go ahead and take Mississippi State. I like that stat your boy dropped about Georgia not playing and never have played a ranked Mississippi State team, even though they're playing in Georgia. I just like that team better. And what was my last pick? I can't remember. Oklahoma State, TCU. Oklahoma State against Dallas Cowboys, Patriots, you name it. Whoever they play against, they're going <laughs> to win that game. Gotcha, they, they scored on their They scored seven points on their first seven drives last weekend. That's the second most impressive stat. <clears throat> They had four different receivers with 100-yard games. Mason Rudolph is playing on a whole nother level. And those of you who haven't seen Oklahoma State in this offense, you better you better recognize. You best better talk to somebody. <laughs> you better ask somebody. Go ahead, Trent. So I saw <coughs> Buffalo was basically a catch away at the one-yard line of winning that game and beating the Panthers. So I'm going with the Saints. Wow. And other than that, Mississippi State, I agree. I think they're going to uh, beat Georgia. Georgia's no just not there the, yet. No love for Georgia. That surprises me a little bit. And Oklahoma State, come on, dude. Yeah, I, well, I, I look, like to a, stir it up, but I'm not a moron, contrary look, to popular belief. I'm going to tell you what. I peeled apart the college matchups. This just a week. It, there, there's not any really compelling matchups in the NFL. The NCAA is even worse this coming week. That Oklahoma State, we've talked about their schedule. They've got West Virginia, TCU, and Oklahoma Oklahoma on the schedule. Other than that, it's a cakewalk for them. TCU does have an opportunity because TCU is the one team in the in the Big 12 that plays defense. Mm-hmm. Gary Patterson's boys out there, they can pull a rabbit out of their hat. And they've got, is it Kenny Hill playing quarterback, the transfer from yeah. Texas A&M, who replaced Manziel Hill? Hill can do some special things. I, I'm not going to go out there and pick them, but who knows? And Oklahoma State has to show that they can win these ball games. They've been a team as good as Mike Gundy and that program have been for the last ten years. You know, in a in a short time span, they have found ways to lose games they should have won. This, if this is their year, and they've got Rudolph, they've got all the skill position guys around him. They've got to win this game, and they've got to win it handily. This is this is a chance for them to make a statement. Mark October twenty eighth on your calendars, though. Yeah, the bedlam it. is is going to be something else. All right, so back to quarterbacks, real quickly. Let's wrap this segment up. Let's go back to two thousand ten. Two thousand ten. It's indisputable. The best quarterback to come out in that draft was Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford is probably in the bottom third of quarterbacks in the NFL and is hurt again. Yeah. And if this is it, this is his last shot. So the the reports with regard to the MRI, Bradford's just been snake bitten all the way back to college and has just not been able to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, he killed me in fantasy. And I know we, we don't like to talk mm. about that, but Stefan Diggs was on my team and didn't do much with Case Keenum back there. But Bradford, if we're looking back to 2010, Bradford's your best quarterback coming out. And he was a consensus number one. There was you know, no doubt about that. 
Tim Tebow, Jimmy Clausen, Colt McCoy. Um, that was the rest of your class that's worthy of note. Did nothing. Fast forward to 2011 where you had Cam Newton taken at the top of the draft. Cam has solidified himself. I think it's fair to say he's in that top dozen or so. I hated the pick at the time, though. I well, hated it. There, there were a lot of people that agreed with you, and there were a lot of people that would have made a case to take Jake Locker, Blank Gabbert, or Christian Ponder. In fact, the Bengals got filleted after that draft for taking A.J. Green with Blaine Gabbert available, mm -hmm. which is pretty funny in retrospect because A.J. Green is a superstar. Blaine Gabbert, I don't even know how he's hanging on to a job. But you've got Cam Newton in that class. Blaine Gabbert's there who doesn't even count. And you had Andy Dalton and Colin Kaepernick taken at the top of the second round. Dalton, at best, is in the top half of quarterbacks in the NFL. And I, even me, I, I find that hard to justify. And it goes back to physical limitations. He cannot do what your top quarterbacks in the league can do. And this comes from a fan base that watched Carson Palmer for an extended period of time who's got who had at the time as much arm talent as anybody. There are simply throws Carson Palmer can make, Andy Dalton can, can never make, ever. He just cannot do it. So Dalton is your second best quarterback out of that class. Kaepernick is there who looked like he might be a world changer, but you know what's happening. We'll see you next week. If you're leaving us on WDCC, thanks for hanging out. Head on over to iTunes or the Google Play Store, and you can hear the second half of the show. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brad Nickens on From the Cheap Seats. Two guys who knew more about sports than all those guys who used to work at ESPN. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. This is Chris Lambert, Brandon Atkins, Trent Nichols. We're talking about the dire situation with quarterbacks in the NFL. But I want to talk about college football for a second. And Lamar Jackson and his Louisville Cardinals rolled up 
against Clemson this weekend. Yep. And it didn't go swimmingly. They, they got rolled up. You're right they did. <laughs> they did. And I'm going to tell you that Kaplan hit it out of the park last week. I got to give credit to Diamond Dave. No, I, I do. I have to give it to Diamond Dave because, yes, both of you picked Clemson. Hold on. Hold on Wait a minute. No, 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 both no, no, no. of you picked. You, I'm not letting you get away with this. First of all, Kaplan went after me. He fed he off of Brandon. He said, I agree. But, you know, the one thing he said that I said it was absurd is that they're year in, year out, top five. That's yet to be seen. Booger McFarlane this, uh, this morning was on the radio. He's think, he seems to think Clemson's better than Alabama right now. So I'm not alone in that boat. But don't – he hit it out of the park, dude. He went and got my ball that I knocked out of the park. Let me tell you why he, let me tell you why he hit it out of the park. Let me tell you why he hit it out of the park. He did say – he expected Lamar Jackson to put up 350 in terms of total yardage against Clemson. And then unless Lamar Jackson put up 400 yards, Louisville was going to lose. Total yardage for Lamar Jackson, 381. He put up the 350 Kaplan said he would, didn't put up the 400 that he said was the threshold he needed to win. He hit it out of the park. Don't take away from Diamond Dave. Hey, and if you're going to take credit for if you're going to take credit for picking Clemson, then Trent and I get to talk trash about you bashing Northern Illinois. Oh, nobody cares. <laughs> well, there's some folks in in Nebraska that care about Northern Illinois this week. Whatever. Hey, if you if you put in an add in that pick six he had, he does have 400 yards. Or take oh. away some of the sacks. <laughs> No, the sacks come out in college football. Oh. They count against rushing yards. So, Northern Illinois goes into Nebraska. And I'm going to tell you what, they Nebraska just could not move the football. Nobody wants to talk about the Salukis. <laughs> then, it, it's the Huskies. It's the Huskies. See, Northern Illinois cares. Huskies. Nobody cares. Next. All yeah. right, next, let's talk about let's talk about the Big 10 for just a second. Okay. Because I think that most people out there that are casual football fans figure it's going to be Ohio State or Michigan that wins the Big 10. I'm going to tell you what. Trent, you said a while back that apparently there's a ghost in the building. That's pretty cool. I thought somebody walked in. No, it's I think it's Rob Lowe coming <laughs> they're on their way in to do their paranormal investigation. I'm excited about that show kind of. Trent, you said Wisconsin was primed this year and had a had a favorable schedule and might win the Big Ten. I'm not ready to jump in with Wisconsin yet. I'm going to tell you, to me right now today, Penn State's my favorite yeah. to win the Big Ten. Penn State is really doing it on offense. James Franklin has got that program really trending in the right direction. Michigan and Ohio State have got real bad issues on offense. And it both comes back to quarterback play, which ironically ties into what we're talking about. Wilson Spates at Michigan is just not very good. I think he's limited in what he can do with that offense. They graduated a lot of talent, and Michigan has not gotten back to the place yet where they can just reload. Ohio State in the second half against Army this week, when you look at the final score, it looks like Ohio State won that in a blowout, and I'm sure there were not very many people outside the state of Ohio watching that game. Ohio State didn't look good. Mm -mm. They really didn't. Army was able to move the ball against them early in that game pretty easily. And in the end, it was just a matter of, you know, the bigger, faster athletes for Ohio State taking over. 
But even through into the final 20 minutes of that game, Ohio State cannot complete a pass down the field. And I don't care who you are, if you can't scare the defense over the top, you're going you're gonna to lose. And that was their problem against Oklahoma. That's why Oklahoma handled them because they just tucked everybody in. JT Barrett, even when he has a look down the field, can't hit that pass. And it's interesting to see how he's regressed since he got to Ohio State because this is the same guy that four years ago was killing folks down the middle of the field. Part of it is because of the talent that he had there at wide receiver. But these kids are getting open, and he continually overthrows them. Ohio State's got to get that worked out, or they're not going to challenge for a Big Ten championship. Penn State, on the other hand, on the offensive side of the ball in particular, just doesn't have those issues. Guys? What's the big, the best competition Penn State's played? I agree they're the best. Oh, I, 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 there's a lot to be they, – they, they're going to have to do it. But I'm just telling you that the eye test – Right. right now, they pass. And like I said, I'm I'm talking in particular about Ohio State playing Army. Army. Yeah. Army. Yeah. And couldn't complete passes down the doggone field. And they struggled, they struggled early against Indiana. They and did. Indiana was nothing. I mean, and that's the thing. Penn State hasn't really played anybody. But when you prime it up and you're going to go into the Big Ten where everyone's talking about Michigan, Ohio State – they're, I mean, they're right now, they could beat Ohio State. And well, and Michigan. you go back and look at the Michigan Ohio State game last year, where the, with the controversy at the end of the mm-hmm. game with Barrett, whether he converted that fourth down or not, neither one of those teams was any good on offense. Well, you fast forward another year, and Ohio State with a completely new offensive staff in place, they haven't figured it out. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of bias. I've heard a lot of bias about Penn State. Had they, if, had you put Ohio State's jerseys on Penn State's record last year, they would have had a better shot of getting into a playoff situation. Probably. Yeah. Probably. And Penn State is fighting uphill. First of all, they haven't been a real power in in quite a while. Secondly, you take that, whether it's conscious or not, the whole feelings about the investigation and the rest of that with Joe Paterno and and Gary Sandusky, yeah, I, I, I think that's a fair statement. Had you take their resume and put Ohio State jerseys on it, they they might have gotten in. I'm not trying to justify what happened to them. Yeah. Um, you know, Penn State did what they did, and they beat Ohio State and may well do it again this year because that think, Penn State team for me is the team to beat in the Big Ten. Do you think anybody from the Big Ten can beat the best teams from the SEC or the Big 12? The, nobody – I don't think it's fair to say right now that anybody in the country can beat the best team from the SEC because I really believe Alabama's head and shoulders above. Clemson, if Kelly Bryant is able to come out and play like he did against Louisville, you may be right. Clemson may have just reloaded and they may be in that next tier where they've got it and they're going to be good for (laughs) The next ten years. I yes, you had I like how he said, "Can Dude, he beat anybody I'm glad in the this Big isn't Twelve? Because we'd we'd have to have an extra widescreen camera to get that Cheshire. But no, cat I like how he said right now. in the SEC or Big Twelve. He didn't say Oklahoma or Alabama. He was talking about conference. And now he's going to go into the ACC. I mean, Oklahoma State's <laughs> better than Oklahoma, but well, I I, I do too. Um, and it comes down primarily to Baker Mayfield versus Mason Rudolph. But 
I think that I'm telling you right now, I think Oklahoma State, if they cannot stub their toe and they can stay healthy into January, I think Oklahoma State might win a national championship. But there's a long way to go between here and there. And every week that goes by, Alabama gets one more week of experience for Jalen Hurts. Alabama's no punk. So Jalen Hurts, the quarterback for Alabama? Yeah. The only de- – Decent, well, only really good defense he's played against this year is Florida State. Florida State just lost their minds on the offensive side and just kept throwing to the other team. But in that in that game, he threw for less than 100 yards. I would count that as a prop, potential problem. It, I mean, it, it, that's what I'm saying. Jalen Hurts today is what he is. But how many defenses – who's – Who's the next best defense they're going to have to play besides Florida State? They'll play. They'll play in the national championship game against and, Clemson. And Clemson may have as good a defense as Florida State. I mean, they're already talking. The talking heads have already called. You them. are a talking head, dude, Alabama, and you're allowed to say that. Alabama and Clemson number three is coming up, baby. And it may Directed well be by J.J. Abrams. It may well be. However, don't forget that there is a special word in our vocabulary for what has happened to Clemson many times over the years. Yeah, they had their own word. I brought it up on the phone the other day. It's called Clemsoning, but that was pre-Dabo Sweeney. No, it wasn't. It was was Dabo Sweeney up to two years ago. No, 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 no. He, he, He built that program from the word go. Prior to Dabo, that's when they would beat the breaks off of the, one of the best teams in the country and turn around and lose to NC State or something. Okay, so what you've basically so, said like, is oh, that right now, Alabama, Oklahoma State, Clemson are the three best teams in the country. Is that fair? Yes. Okay, cool. But you don't get to, like, step back and, you know, drop the mic because you're saying Clemson might play in a national championship. Everybody knows that. Okay. So we'll see what happens. Clemson's you, got work to do, you though. You didn't know it last week. But is that week? what is that what? Pick, I don't know. Listen, you Louisville. You didn't know it last week. Listen, you. You're is right. that what everyone wants, though? Is that, is that what, what we want in college football? Is Clemson, Alabama again? Yeah. I'm a casual fan, and I don't want to see it again. Well, my wife asked me during the Clemson Louisville game, "Why are you rooting for Louisville? For chaos." That's what I want to see in college football. I want to see chaos. I want to see South Florida run the table just to screw things up a little bit. I want to see I want every one of the Power 5 champions to have at least one loss so that there's chaos. The system they've got is better than it used to be, but it's still busted. Mm-hmm. Penn State should have been in the mix last year. Okay? They can and it's so easy to fix. They've just elected not to. So I want to see chaos. Did I think that Louisville could beat Clemson? Yep, still do. That on any given weekend, Louisville and Lamar Jackson could beat them. And there's, you know, you go back and there's three or four plays in that game that that turn the tide. I didn't expect the quarterback play from Clemson to be as good as it was, which is a testament one to how good Clemson is, but also how bad that Louisville defense was. And we talked about that. Don't don't pretend that we didn't have that conversation. Louisville's got some real question marks on that defense. The only time they move the ball is when Jackson ran. That's a problem. That's the only time they actually effectively move move the ball. I will okay, say, but so what was the final score in the game? 
40-something to 27. Yes. Now, there was a 14-point swing in that game that makes that a barn burner. We'll, t- we'll finish it up on the other side. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to put a bow on this Clemson-Louisville thing. Yes, we figured out that Clemson's offense is not as bad as we thought it might be, and Louisville's defense kind of sucks. Hey, Chris, real quick. Yes. Adelaide Bird just called in and Dude. Louisville won that game. Oh, my God. And, yeah, it's probably a draw. Anybody that watched the Golovkin-Alvarez fight this weekend, boxing, you're ridiculous. And I'd like for in the next three or four minutes to propose a couple ideas. And I want you guys to give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. She also said I was a perfect 10 on the aesthetic scale. So that's got me a little worried. The sun shines on every dog butt every once in a while. She got that right on. So, okay, first question. I feel like maybe boxing would be better served if they posted the scores in between rounds. Do you guys think that's something worthy of being explored? Yes. Okay. Now, the problem with that is is that you it's going to affect strategy, and if you get one guy that's dominating a fight, it could become a very boring fight. But we get boring fights all the time anyway. I mean, Mayweather has known he's winning fights for the last 10 years, and people kept tuning in, so I don't know. The second thing, maybe we should increase the number of judges. Yep. To protect us from idiots like this lady. I have no idea what she possibly could have been doing during the fight, but it wasn't watching the fight. But did she get stuck at concessions? Chris, did do you see that stuff at the end of the fight where they show the human being and how many punches landed there? Why can't they use technology to judge these Because fights? then it becomes Olympic boxing and, and the jab becomes king. I mean, there is something to be said for how much damage you're doing. Yep. 
But if you if you have technology where the judge says, okay, they landed these, but I saw it mostly jabs and it didn't do damage, at least they have something. Because that woman, I mean, I don't no, know no, what stop. she was looking I, I, at. I want to get off this right away because I don't want to hear my wife's mouth. It's, it has nothing to do with the fact she's a woman because there are just no, no, as no, bad. No, 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 no I, I'm, I'm not picking judge, at you. I'm sorry. But she, I didn't know that's her how name. people are identifying yeah, her now. No, I'm sorry. And there are plenty of female boxing judges out there that do a fine job, and she's probably done a fine job a lot of times and not got stuck in the beer line because that's where she had to yeah. have been. I wanted Canelo to win that fight. I did think that Canelo landed more significant shots, but to say that he won 10 out of those 12 rounds? Dude. So is this just boxing wanting to guarantee that there's going to be a rematch and make more I don't money? even know that there's a conspiracy because there could have been a rematch one way or the other. They, we didn't need a draw for there to be a rematch. There's nobody else on the horizon for Golovkin or Alvarez to fight that's as attractive a ticket. That's the bottom line. And what's so stupid is I asked the question, had it been like, what, 14? Had it been one round difference the result would have been the same yes so why do you have it in which score? Uh, I, I don't that's why i don't think there was anything sinister afoot i'm not calling it conspiracy i'm calling it incompetence yeah so bring more judges in what about, uh, why not it's it's 2017 why not have a panel from around the world of 150 boxing judges that are tuned in digitally. I don't know why it's three people sitting ringside. Maybe her view is obstructed. I don't know. But whatever it is, boxing, pull your heads out of your asses. Or give them monitors. Because you're killing the product. You look at the Pacquiao decision a couple weeks, a few weeks ago. What are y'all doing? Yeah. We, were, we were watching the fight together, and Trent and I were commenting, Roy Jones Jr. called the fight how it was happening. Yeah. You know I mean, he had a good grasp. Why not get ex-boxers? Anybody. Boxers to call these, uh, to judge these matches. But Roy Jones Jr. is watching a monitor. The judges aren't. The judges, you see them moving back and forth, trying to avoid the ref, trying to see. The well, box. however they're doing it in any given situation is busted. Stop. Yep. Do it differently. Jay Bliss proposed an interesting idea and said, why don't you take three fourth grade boys and let them judge the fight? Because you guys, I've seen a million fights in my life. In real life, I've never walked away and said it was a tie. I don't know what Jay's going to talk about in addition to that this week, but I suggest we just run that tape. He's already a comedian with a great reputation for bringing the funny, and now he has a new title, NC's Funniest Person, Jay Bliss. I was a fiend. Before I became a teen, I melted microphones instead of cones and ice cream music orientated. So when hip hop was originated, fitted like pieces of puzzles, bit complicated. On the phone uh, with me, Jay Bliss, my favorite comedian in the whole entire universe. We missed you last week, man. Trent, it, look, no offense to Trent, who's sitting right across from me, <laughs> but it just wasn't the same, man. Welcome back. Hey, man. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate you filling in for me, Trent. I'm back, man. Back with a vengeance. Week two of the NFL season kicked off, man. Hopefully everybody uh, has some some things happen good for them. My team lost, but you know we uh, we try to you know we try to keep things moving in a positive light. We start seeing things. People start having different vi- opinions about their team. But the one thing that came across my timeline uh, on my Twitter was a fan first menu pricing for the Mercedes Benz Stadium. This is the stadium that the Atlanta Falcons play in. 
So they had their menu up or their concession items and their prices. And when I tell you these are the lowest prices, these prices is from 1980. I, they got to be from 1980. Listen, they have the lowest pricing. And this is the newest stadium, but they got the lowest prices now. I've heard already that their ticket prices is higher, so their concessions is lower. But once you get a ticket, it don't matter. You enjoying the game. A lot of y'all can get cheaper tickets. A lot of y'all ain't pay for y'all tickets. So it don't matter. Once you get into the game is where they hit you in the head with the prices for stuff. They have $2 Coca-Cola, $2 refillable cup, meaning you can go back as many times as you want to refill this cup, $2. That means you could buy one cup for $2 and just continue to drink out of that cup for the rest of the game. Hot dog, $2. That's an out, outside on the street price right there, $2. Uh, waffle fries, that's a question. Because if you're selling waffle fries, that means you got Chick-fil-A in there. I know you got, we already talked about this. <laughs> you already got Chick-fil-A in there. That's the question. So you are you selling knockoff Chick-fil-A waffle fries in your stadium, or are you breaking in to the Chick-fil-A on Sunday, stealing their waffle fries, and then frying them somewhere else, and then selling them? That's what I want to know. That's the question that I have. But if you sell a waffle fries, it should be against the law to sell waffle fries when you've got a Chick-fil-A in the building, closed or not. I just don't think that's the right idea. Like, that's like saying you got a Big Mick and there's a McDonald's right there across. Like, you can't do that. You know what I mean? But the the fries are only $3. That's, that's, that's a blessing right there. And then the Bud Light draft beer, $5. Where's the last time you had a draft beer for $5 and you wasn't at a, it wasn't a special at a bar? Uh, we're talking about a football game, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, $2 Dasani bottled water. Uh, I know a bottle of water is $8 at most stadiums. $8 for a bottle of water. I'm talking about the regular ones that you buy from the grocery store and you open up the pack yourself. That's an $8 bottle once they make it cold. Uh, popcorn, $2. Pizza slice, $3. $3 for a pizza slice. The most gangster thing I've ever seen in my life. i got to break this off to a story real quick. Most gangster thing I've ever seen in my life. Took my, used to take my kids to this place called Monkey Joe's. Went to Monkey Joe's one day, got my kids jumping around, bouncing around, having a good time up at Monkey Joe's. It was time to eat. They was hungry. Walked to the front. Said, can let me get two slices, two cheese slices. They said, the pizza be done in a second. I said, okay, we'll wait. We waited, waited, waited. A couple minutes later, Papa John's dude showed up in the doorway with five pizza boxes. They opened up the, <laughs> they opened up the Papa John's box get put two slices of cheese pizza on a plate and gave it to me and said eight dollars i said eight dollars <laughs> i said you just charged me eight dollars for the pizza you just bought to put on the plate to feed my kids it's like yeah i was like yo the pizza just cost eight dollars how you gonna charge me gangster monkey joe's is that gangster they didn't make the pizza they ordered the pizza and then over up charge you but listen that's still cheaper at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. That's what I'm trying to tell you. $3 for a slice of pizza. Cheeseburger, $5. You can't get a cheeseburger for $5 unless you go to uh, Burger King and get two Whoppers for 6 That's still cheaper. All right, pretzels, $2. Nachos with cheese, $3. Souvenir refillable cup that say ATL on it. You know people use them refillable cups. That's when you go to somebody's house and like, can I get something to drink? And they give you one of them souvenir cups and give you to you. That's what, that's a bachelor. That's like a bachelor thing. You know, you got all the souvenir cups. $4 souvenir cup, 
the cup, you're only paying two dollars for the cup because the Coke is two dollars, and then it's two dollars, and that's refillable. And then chicken tenders, the most expensive item on the menu is six dollars. You can get chicken tenders, some waffle fries, and a Coke, and you still only paid eleven dollars. Come on, man, that's great. That's great. You know how many times I go play with my kids and they got to share because it's too expensive. They be like, I want a hot dog. One of the, I want a pizza. I be like, make a decision because y'all sharing whatever y'all get. You getting half the hot dog, you getting other half of the hot dog. Y'all gonna leave me the hell alone and share that water too. And that's twenty dollars right there. So right now, I'm not a Falcon fan, but if my team is playing in Atlanta, I'm going down to Atlanta and we're gonna have a good time. And I'm gonna tell my kids when we walk in the door, get whatever the hell you want. Everything you eat is on me. That's what y'all need to do. Every NFL owner needs to copy this menu and have it. I'm going to have the attitude the next time I go to an NFL stadium and have the, uh, these prices. Matter of fact, I'm going to print these prices out, put it on a business card, and show it every time I go and say, y'all charge $8 for water where I can get a $2 bottle of water in Atlanta. That's what I want to know. That's my that's my gripe for the week, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I just want y'all to think about that the next time y'all go to one of these stadiums and y'all got to pay out the ass for uh, for these concession prices. You might have to beat that out. <laughs> but y'all have a great week, man. Complicated, cause I grab the mic and try to say yes, y'all. They try to and say that I'm too small. Cool, cause I don't get upset. I kick a hole in the speaker, pull a plug, then I jet back to the lab. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brad Nickens on From the Cheap Seats. Two guys who knew more about sports than all those guys who used to work at ESPN. All right, if you've got any feedback about the show, email us at cheapseatradio at gmail.com. Some of the some of the influx of information we got, we got uh, some of our Tennessee contingent wants more soccer. 
So I reached out to a friend of mine who is a soccer player, is a soccer expert, and said, hey, man, would you be interested? And he was like, you know, it's crazy because I've been considering doing a soccer podcast, and I'd love to. So we put together a new new uh, segment, a little rough around the edges, but uh, I have all the confidence in the world that James Perry, my partner, and I can tell you some stories about when we were rooming together. He's, he's out of control. Uh is going to be our soccer correspondent, and we're going to kick that off with his very first segment. In fact, he gets his own theme music, and B, I think you might dig this. That's my theme music. Every good hero should have some. Well, it's a long ball through. Oh, my God! On the phone with us this morning, the illustrious Major James Perry. What do you got for me this morning, James? All right, Chris. So I wanted to talk about Atlanta United. Uh, the last two games they played, things have been a bit wild. Um, they played Wednesday, play, played the New England Revolution. And when they played the Revolution, within the first 10 minutes of the match, two red cards. Not one, not one and a half, but two red cards. This meant for the rest of the game that they were battling, the Reds at least, were battling trying to stay in the game. In the meantime, Atlanta proceeded to thrash them thoroughly. Joseph Martinez and the boys killed them. Now, this, what's so interesting about this is that this team is probably the most exciting team I've been able to watch in the recent past. And Atlanta are just bulldogs for the most part on the ball. You're not getting a ball past them. They're going to take it to you, and they're going to take it to you every time. And then the next game, they proved it by playing Orlando City FC. Now, Orlando City FC is a pretty stout team. They're doing really – they've done decently this season. Not great, but definitely plays decently this season. And in doing that, it's been over the top. So, in that game, the game ended in 3-3. What they don't tell you is that there's a battle. There's been a, there was an entire battle the entire game. Orlando started with a goal, and then Atlanta responded. Then Atlanta scored another goal. Then Atlanta responded. Orlando scored another goal, and Atlanta responded. It's out of control, particularly with Joseph Martinez sitting up top. The guy has 14 appearances and 11 goals. He's going to score every game at least once. Now, the man is an absolute savage. He plays for the Venezuelan team, um, and he's been on this team for, what, the last year or so, and it, they're out of control. And then on, on top of that, the Atlanta United fans are – pushing their team along, and it's absolutely amazing. It's amazing to watch the love for this team and the love for the city of Atlanta to grow with the team. The team just broke a record this past weekend with 70,495 in attendance. To have 70,495 people in the stands cheering your team along is absolutely astronomical. While I'm at it, there is something else that I want to talk about that's a little bit off, and this happened in the Premier League a couple weeks ago. Liverpool played Man City. Sadio Mane karate kicked Anderson, the goalkeeper for Man City, in the face. The, the crazy part is, for whatever reason, the team thinks it was a great idea to try and appeal that call. They didn't get the appeal. But the idea that you were appealing the call, that was obviously a judo kick to the face. Like, this guy looked like he studied a Bruce Lee tape or maybe watched a couple of Steven Seagal flicks or something before coming onto the field. 
but the guy kicked the goalkeeper in the face. The goalkeeper's got scars on the left side of his face that may not heal. Well, probably won't heal for quite a while. But, you know, he's a goalkeeper, so he'll soldier through. But that's your soccer fix. All right, so two things, Brandon. First of all, I want to say that that Atlanta United soccer game that drew over 70,000 people was more than the Rams this weekend. That's kind of wild. And maybe there's a shift coming. I don't know. I don't know if Atlanta United can keep it up. But soccer's becoming a thing, and the MLS eventually will figure out a way to get out of its own way. We watched – during that call, we watched the man a flying kick. What yep. were your feelings? You're a soccer player. He should have been thrown out of the game. Um, I think it was a red card. The, the suspension, I don't know. It was kind any, of during the run of play. Anything head high. I understand what he was doing. That would have been his – he was trying to get it up over the goalkeeper to follow it up and put it in the, the net. But you got to have a little more awareness. Especially, I think that's what it was. I don't think it was as negligent as it was being unaware. Especially when you got your cleats out like that, that high. I mean, you can seriously injure somebody doing that. That's what Colin McGregor wanted to do to <laughs> Floyd Mayweather Jr., by the way. Um, off that Jay Bliss call earlier, I got my season tickets for the Carolina Hurricanes. <sighs> yep. I'm gonna get a T-shirt made that says, "What would Arthur Blank do?" I like that. Ooh. I want to. I want to ask this question. There's two questions I have about that call. First of all, if Arthur Blank dies in an unfortunate accident in the near future, mm-hmm. don't you think that Jerry Jones would probably be the first person that police wanted to question? Because I <laughs> bet you can't get a five dollar beer at Jerry World. I don't know. Seventy five bucks to. Park at AT and T. I don't know. It was Arthur Blank that's on this uh, committee that that's over Roger Goodell, Goodell's pay structure, pay scale, and he let Jerry Jones be the rest of the uh, rest of the owners' representation to present to that committee. And I tell you what, Jerry, you don't mess with his Skrilla. Hey. You don't mess with his money because he's shown enough will mess with yours. The second thing I want to know is with those those. <laughs> Uh, collectible cups, the souvenir cups that Jay was talking about. Yep. That is some bachelor stuff. But am I the only one of us sitting at this table who has like snuck at the end of a game and been like, bloop, 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 and taken home like six of them <laughs> a so set I had of four. a set? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. 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 I, I don't know why people just throw those things out because they go to my house and they're the ones, you know, they're, this, we're not going to give them the company or anything. But if the kids need a tumbler to get some glass or juice or chocolate milk or whatever the case might be, what better? And, yes, I do have Cincinnati Bengals cups at my house. So, I also have some NC State cups, by the way. When I go get lunch and I go get pick up Wendy's for you, what's your go-to at Wendy's? You got it the other day, the burger? Triple cheeseburger, just lettuce mayonnaise. I'm going to bring that back. Well, how much does it cost? I don't know, man. Five, six bucks. More than bring, it does at, at, at uh, Mercedes-Benz, actually, I'm gonna now bring that it, I think about it. I'm going to bring it back to you and say you owe me 12 bucks. <laughs> I can dig ah. that, Because that Papa that. John's take And I'm going to give hilarious. you my business card that says, how come I can't get two, $2 water here? I like it. Uh, Jay Bliss bringing the fire. JP, we need a nickname for James. We'll work on that. But uh, you approve 
little bit of uh, KRS-One BDP there. Oh, yeah, man. On the intro. High on the cable. Cash under the table. (laughs) Currency is how they're able. That's three weeks in a row. We just couldn't make it out without somebody spitting a bar or two. So, Aaron Rodgers taking some heat because Matt Ryan outdueled him at the opening of Mercedes-Benz. And the questions, people, well, you know, is Aaron Rodgers really that good? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers really is that good. The thing is, winning on the road in the NFL against a good team, very hard to do. It's kind of hard to make this argument because he's a great quarterback. But people act like he's like freaking Montana. I get sick of that rhetoric. You know, he's you know through two games, he's got three touchdowns, two interceptions, and that's just two games, no big deal. But what has he really won? He's got the one Super Bowl. We we're discussing how many quarterbacks, kind of in this like less decade, has, yeah. has two touchdowns. Two we named Super off Bowls, what? You mean. Uh, yeah, sorry, Super Bowls. Um, well, Brady's got seventeen, <laughs> and then you've got Roethlisberger, who's got a pair. Eli Manning's got a pair. You know, you can Peyton, count. who would still be in this conversation from this era, has two. Other than that, nobody. Am I forgetting anybody, Trent? Big Ben. No, I already said Roethlisberger's oh, got you? a pair. Uh, well, I kind of count Peyton M- Manning too. Okay, he's so retired. you've got Brady, Eli, and Eli. I don't, man. If you if you had your choice between Eli and Aaron Rodgers, I can't think of one reason I would take Eli over Aaron Rodgers. And Can I wouldn't you? either. But okay. just this whole thing with everybody talking about how good Aaron Rodgers. I mean, people just drool over this guy. He's in that pregame. Good. But Ask I mean, Dallas. Look at the results, though, man. He's had some really good talent around him. Not really. Not uh, really. I disagree with that. Who's the best Aaron running Rogers. back that, that Jordy Nelson's pretty doggone Jordy good. Jordy Nelson the way, is pretty okay. doggone good. No, he's if you in, took Jordy Nelson and you put him on most any other team in the league, would he be a star? No. Jordy Nelson? I don't think so. Oh heck yeah, dude. Okay. Um, Who's the best running back that Aaron Rodgers has played with in his career? I can't remember. All right, there you go. But I mean probably at Cal. It you it didn't just have to be <laughs> skill position you know, positions, though. He's had some really solid teams. By the way, Jordy Nelson and Cobb's hurt, so it's not going to get any better. I, well, it's good news for Devontae Adams owners. That's all I'm going to say. I, I get it. And and the question with those guys is, and it's the same as Favre when he was in Green Bay. You think about it. Well, he had Sterling Sharp. He had, after that, Antonio Langham, uh, Robert Brooks. Those guys came through. But those guys all pivoted and went other places afterwards and strikingly never did anything. Mm-mm. Reggie Cobb was a quarterback in college that came out and transitioned to wide receiver and has become, in my opinion, what Aaron Rodgers has made him. I mean, when was the time during Aaron Rodgers' tenure where they didn't have a couple of really good receivers? That's not because those receivers were slam dunk, can't miss when they came into the system. That's why I mean, they're a I product of it. That's why he's closer to Tom Brady because Brady does the same thing. I, I besides Grukowski, you know, maybe Wes Welker, but Brady does the same thing as sure. Aaron Rodgers is doing. So I don't think that there's any Hall of Fame talent that's been at the wide receiver position. I think that when Green Bay has been able to provide a good offensive line and keep him upright. Green Bay has done a little bit better. On defense, you know, Clay Matthews and 
a cast of whomever has been out there. You know, they, I, I just don't. But I don't think came, there's been a heck of a lot of talent around him. And he came in, in the league in 2005. I don't count the first three years, so yeah, let's eliminate those. But this is his tenth year in the league. He does have the one Super Bowl, and that's good. But I mean. I just think he should win a couple more Super Bowls before we anoint him like one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen. Wait a minute. Okay. Where does Dan Marino rank on He's the way list out of there. But yeah, okay. I mean, it's it's good, but I mean he Dan Marino is really good. I think Aaron Rodgers is really good, but come on, calm down with the praise. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. They're strong, and then there's Army Strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Are you sitting on the waterfall somewhere? No, I'm in Asheville, sitting uh, in amongst all these local brewing companies out here um, for a conference. But uh, I'll find a waterfall. Did you take your sticks with you? I did. Uh, Tuesday afternoon, we get an activity day. So they had a brewery tour of Catawba Brewing Company was an option. Uh, Skeet shooting was an option, and golf was an option. I love mountain golf. So uh, I don't get to play that often. The brewery tour would have been cool, of course, but uh, I decided to go with golf. And I got some new wedges, so I got to try them out. So if I quit radio and get in the insurance business, can I go do guns, golf, and beer on a regular basis? Is that how that works? Well, it's only a half day of the three days. But sure, yes, sounds good. Nice. I don't don't see why not. All right, so where are we at with the FedEx Cup? Well, Mark Leishman opens up. Uh, BMW up in Chicago with a 62 and goes wire to wire. He makes a huge jump in the uh, standings uh, and is now up in fourth. Nobody picked him, uh, but he jumped about nine spots to get up into fourth place. And it's rare to see somebody follow 62 on with a 64 the next day. Just had a great weekend, kind of, you know, one by five strokes over Justin Rose and Ricky Fowler. Uh, Spieth 
had a good Sunday. I think he shot 65 on Sunday, uh, which put him another solid finish. Uh, he's, he's still in first place. Justin Thomas, uh, of course, Brandon has speed. He also has Jay Vegas and Duffner, both of which played pretty poorly at the BMW, but there is no cut since they're down to 70 players. So they still scored some points. Duffner slid in in the 30th spot to get into the tour championship. So Brandon still has three in the hunt with potential to win, of course, with the big dog, Jordan Spieth, uh, 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 sitting at number one. T-Money, old Trent, uh, he's got Justin Thomas, who didn't really play that great up in Chicago, but uh, still held on to the second spot. Kepka and Kuchar. Kuchar had a nice finish on Sunday uh, to pull up in the top 12. So Kepka's at ninth, Kuchar at 12. And Stinson did not make it into the top 30, so he's gone. You have Mr. DJ, Dustin Johnson, who's uh, now who's still in third place. Didn't play particularly well. Did win the BMW Championship last year, but that particular tournament rotates all around uh, Chicago. So uh, uh, it's not the same course, and, and he didn't fare too well this weekend. Ricky Fowler uh, finished second, played in the final group, played pretty solidly, but uh, couldn't couldn't overcome Leishman, uh, and he's uh, in a solid sixth place. Sergio, did did you watch any of that golf tournament? No, I only got to see round one. I was uh, I was knee deep in college football through the weekend, so I didn't watch much of it. I did catch some uh, of the highlights. Well, Sergio, this was one of those you know when you get into these uh, playoff tournaments, they start watching the top thirty, and Sergio needed basically a par on the last hole to to make it into the top 30. And he hits it in the creek in two, greenside, uh, and gets a crazy drop. I've never seen this. He drops it in the hazard because he had a, what they called a corporate chalet in the way of his line of sight. So, of course, when he drops it in the hazard, it's landing on these rocks, and it's, it's going down into the water. So eventually they let him place it. On the rock, he had to stay in the uh, hazard, and he could get get a line of sight to the hole without the corporate chalet in the way. So he's hitting off of a rock, and he kind of he hits it over the green into another corporate chalet, gets another drop, hits it up on the green, makes a six footer for par. So <laughs> two drops. It was the craziest thing in the world. So he gets in, he's in twenty fifth place. Uh, I think a bogey might have still got him in, but it was going to be tight because he finished kind of early. And a double bogey, he was definitely going to be out. But he made a solid par with two drops on the uh, final green, one of them being within the hazard. I've never seen that before. I thought if you were in the hazard, you were in the hazard. But he found a technicality in the rules that helped him out. Now, so so you've got three guys in the hunt uh, for us. And then uh, when you look at uh, me, I picked the number one seed coming in, and Matsuyama hasn't done squat uh, in the entire playoffs. He's down to seven now. But I still got four in the hunt. Hoffman played solid again. Kisner didn't play that great, but he's still at 18th. And Webb Simpson had a solid finish and moved up from 21st to 16th. So I'm the only one with four in the hunt, but probably the least likely to win because uh, I have the furthest guy back. So, But never know. Maybe Matsuyama gets hot. At East Lake and wins, um, and, uh, and and Spieth, Thomas, and DJ don't play that great. 
and, and I can still pull it out. But uh, I guess Brandon's in the in the catbird seat there. And that's this weekend. That's this weekend. Yep, uh, in Atlanta, and then the President's Club uh, Cup comes after that with the International Spring in the U.S. So top thirty in Atlanta, no cut again. You know, it's always interesting. It, I, it's it could be a slugfest between the big names, uh, or if they don't play well, I mean, it's it's a situation where somebody could come from from a little bit back. I mean, you look at, for example, Leishman. You know, he could win the last two tournaments and, and come out of nowhere and, and uh, win this thing. He's obviously playing solid, twenty three under. Uh, you know, the highest round he had in, at the BMW was a sixty eight. So he played pretty solid. Uh, and so it could be a guy like that to come out of nowhere. Justin Rose, which really should have been somebody we probably, somebody should have picked. Uh, I mean, he might come out of nowhere. Ricky Fowler still got two. Uh, he's on your team, and he played solid this weekend. Uh, Matt Kutcher, uh who's on uh, Trent's team, is in 12. So he might be a little far back. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. It'll be a fun weekend down in Eastlake. What should the folks at home know about Eastlake? Well, I mean, it's an old-school course. It's a course uh, uh, that Bobby Jones kind of grew up on. Interesting golf course. It's a lot of zoys in grass. Eastlake is, it was a historic course that Bobby Jones spent his summers. It's kind of outside the city limits back there in, in Atlanta. A lot of history to it. But then as the neighborhood around it evolved, uh, it ended up um, kind of being in a bad area of Atlanta. This Eastlake Foundation was formed. And it was formed to revitalize the golf course and particularly the, the neighborhood around it. And, of course, that obviously has went very well. And they've held the PGA Championship there for a long time. One thing is when uh, when they redid the golf course, they put in a lot of zoysia grass, which the ball really sits up high on. Uh, some of the members there wanted that to happen. It's, it's an immaculate golf course. I've been out there when I was in the golf business. Uh, we did an event out there. You've really not had a consistent winner there, somebody that seems to be the horse for the course, so to speak. Every year there's been somebody else that's, that's kind of popped up and played well there. Uh, so uh, good golf course right outside of Atlanta, old school golf course, and uh, I think the players enjoy playing there. All right, Dave, we'll see you next week, man. Uh, be safe and uh, enjoy your activity day. Hey, you want me? To, yeah, I certainly will. You want me to get some picks in for this week? Since Brandon and I pulled, uh, pulled, you know, we obviously showed our superior knowledge of ACC football. Sure, I'll be your Huckleberry. <laughs> All right. So, who, who are we picking for? Saints okay. Panthers. Uh, I'll go with the Panthers. TCU, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. And Mississippi State, Georgia. Is it in Georgia? Uh, it is. Okay, Georgia. All right, Dave. We'll see you next week. You got week. them down. Make sure to try right. to put that on the list. We, we got you, man. We're keeping score. All right. See you, bro. To Dave you Kaplan there with a student analysis, and the bottom line is he has the least likely group of players to win this thing. It looks like and Brandon, he's... Trent, or myself is going to win, but who knows? We'll see what happens coming up this weekend. And I do have to apologize to my mother during her picks. I did drop an astute analysis on her. Mm -hmm. And she is a astute enough observer of the show to know that's kind of how we clown one another. Ooh. So she took it personally and she called me back and she's like, did you just say that was a student analysis? <laughs> and I told her, yeah. He really meant that. 
mom. Yeah, it was astute. She was on it. The, the, the Oklahoma way. State. In she's got way. it right, man. Yep. She's no joke. I told you a long time ago, you don't want to play her in fantasy football, dude. She, she's legit. She's legit. So, if you don't know already, you can get in touch with us at CheapSeatRadio at gmail.com. If you want your picks to be heard, email them to us. Who knows? Maybe we'll put you on the air. And if we do, we'll give you a T-shirt. We'll be at Libations next week hosting trivia. If you're anywhere near downtown Sanford, come on out. Man, it's SRO, so get there early. We kick it off at about 6.15. Probably 80 people in the place this past week to to play. We had a lot of fun. It was packed. It was packed. A lot of of good stuff going on. We will be playing dodgeball on October 14th. October 14th, we'll kick it off at 10 a.m. at the Bob E. Hale Center in downtown Sanford, North Carolina. Check that out. And if you're in and around the area, come to the Temple Theater. Check out Footloose. you got two weekends left to do that. All kinds of cool stuff going on. Gentlemen, big week of sports ahead of us. We will be here next week. Same place, same channel, whatever platform you're listening on. We appreciate it. Subscribe on iTunes. Send it to your friends. And please, 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 we need five-star reviews on iTunes. We've been in the top 200 a couple times before. We'd love to get there and stay there. We need more reviews. If you don't know how to do that, go Google it. It's really easy. It actually, on the app, if you're a phone guy, it's kind of a pain in the butt because you have to jump outside of that and then go back and search for it again. But check it out. Five-star reviews. We'll actually, let's read them on the air. Yeah, let's, let's do that. Let's read them on the air. Probably it's, a new look coming for the show next week. we got some things we're going to do uh, between now and then. So it's exciting times. Thanks for hanging out. This has been From the Cheap Seats. Chris Lambert, Brandon Atkins, and Trent Nichols. Ciao. You're listening to Chris Lambert and Brandon Atkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today.